What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to church this morning. We are finishing up our Smell the Roses series, and I've been waiting for this message the whole time because it's going to be the bomb. It's going to be the bomb. And hopefully you've been blessed. Hopefully you've been challenged. Last week we talked about uh, loving yourself. If you didn't get to see that message, you need to see it. Hit the share button so your friends can see this one. But last week we talked about loving yourself. So critical for you to love yourself. Because the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you got to love yourself good so you can love your neighbor good. Today we're going to talk about loving your neighbor. I'm so excited. Everyone say neighbor, neighbor. We're going to be learn how to love your neighbor. So let's all stand up. We're going to pray. And pray that God will fill your heart with clarity and humility on how to love your neighbor. Um, this, is, this, this message impacted me more than all the others. And so hopefully it impacts you as well. Lord, I pray you prepare our hearts that we may love our neighbor the way, in a way that honors you. Teach us, inspire us, set us free to love like you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Get your Bible out. Get your Bible out and the count of three say word. One, two, three, word. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. And if you were here last week, the big aha is that we're going to talk about the same thing, except we're going to direct it at somebody else. So, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Um, I was on uh, Instagram and I was watching this short speech, it probably was like two minutes on Instagram by Warren Buffett, one of the most wealthy men in the world. And he was talking to a group of businessmen and obviously from his conversation they were going to make money. And, but he was talking about what the definition of success was. And so I'm watching this and he says, you know, you know what is success? He says, um, I sleep seven hours a day and I can't outsleep you even though I have implication, even though he's a billionaire, he can't outsleep these guys. He said, I can tell you where I got my mattress and you can sleep just like I sleep. He says, I have a 10-year-old car. You can buy a 10-year-old car. I have pretty much the same regular clothes. And he kept going on about all these things that he had pretty much in common with these people who I assume weren't billionaires. Now, obviously, there's some things he can do, but the way he lives is pretty basic. And he says... So what is success? Because at the end of the day, no matter how much money you have, there's certain things you all, we all do the same. Put our pants on the same one leg at a time. There's a lot of commonality. He said the definition of success is when the people who are close to you love you. When the people who are close to you love you. Now, he said you can't buy that. You could buy sex, you could buy cars, you could buy things. But you can't buy love. The only way you can get the people who are close to you to love you is to be lovable. Oh. We're in this week four of Smell the Roses and we've been talking about developing loving relationships. The definition of love is to be like God. God is love. And if I'm like God, I'm going to be full of love and I'm going to express love. And my first relationship is to love God. How do I develop the rose of the, 
a relationship between me and God arouses the potential loving relationship. So how do I develop that between me and God? How do I learn how to love myself? We talked about that last week. How do I love myself in a biblical way, not a worldly way where I'm selfish, but a biblical way. How do I become like God? And today we're going to talk about how do you become lovable? How do you love other people? And by the way, the, the degree to which you love biblically will be direct proportion to the degree you are loved back. Look what it says in John chapter 13, 13, 35. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know what the Bible says? By this you will know that you are my disciples that if you will love one another. What are we disciples of? We're not disciples of information. We're not disciples of information. We are disciples of Jesus and Jesus is God and God is love. So we have to be disciples of love. Not learning about love but becoming a lover of people. And the Bible says that you will know you are my disciples when there is love going back and forth. One of the ways that you can test whether you are loving people effectively is if you are being loved by people. I heard a story that I can relate to because I just had COVID. And it was a guy, another person who had COVID and they were sick. And for a considerable amount of time. And this particular person, I don't know who they were. It was just a friend of mine's friends. They happened to know a lot of people. And they were shocked by how many people didn't reach out to them when they were sick. Here they are in bed, sick, 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 sick. And hardly nobody text, calls, said, how you doing? And it hit me. I was like, huh. And I started thinking about the same thing. Some of the people in my life who are, I thought were close to me, people that I've done a lot for, nothing. And at first I was like, dang, that's messed up. But then I thought to myself, I must not be loving them right. How can I be a better, more lovable, be more loving? And so it's one thing to say you're, you're loving people and, and you may in your mind think, yeah, I, I'm being a good guy, but really, or being a good girl, what's coming back to you? There was a lady who um, survived Auschwitz. Auschwitz was a series of 40 extermination camps in Poland that the Nazi, uh, the Germans, the um, were exterminating Jews. And in Auschwitz, they exterminated about over a million of the six million Jews that were killed. Starved to death, gas chambers, just satanic. And this one lady who survived that and her family were killed there, she remembers being in Poland where people were hiding her from the Germans because Germans were going house to house looking for the Jews to take them to camps to kill them. So it's like just satanic. When she meets people today, she asks herself in her relationships, would they, are they someone who would hide her? And when Warren Buffett was telling the story, he was looking at this crowd. He says, and these are business people he's talking to with money. He says, you know what? Some of your kids wouldn't hide you. They love you with the love they want because they're going to get something from you. Some of your family wouldn't hide you. Some of your employees wouldn't hide you. You're not that important to them. And so I didn't hear the rest of the speech because it wasn't on Instagram, but it was all about how lovable you are. So I want to encourage you as we look into this last session 
how well you love people is going to be indicated by how much love you are getting back. Now, some people aren't going to like you no matter what. Got it. Some people are going to love you over the moon just because of who they are. Got it. However, what you get back is going to be in direct proportion to what you give out. The quality of what you give back is going to be direct proportion to what you're going to give back. Not that everybody's going to love you. Trust me, I'm going to say it again. Everybody's not going to love you. However, the better you love, the more love you're going to get back. And that is one telltale sign. And I'm going to tell you something. When I, when I heard that and started thinking about that, I started thinking about some specific people in my life that I said if I do anything in my life, those people, I have to have their love. And then I started to think, God, what do you want me, watch this, what do you want me to do different to love them in a way that honors you? And I'm going to tell you, it was instant response. Again, it's not manipulation. It's God, what am I doing wrong that I can do better? And he showed me. So as I'm talking, I want you to think about people in your life that you want to make sure you have a loving relationship. Remember, a rose is the potential loving relationship you could have with somebody. So I want you to think about people in your life. You say, I want to develop that rose between me and that person. I want to, I want to have a better relationship. I want you to think about that as we're talking. But I want, the information is one thing. But I want God to move in your heart where you say, it's not what it should be. And, and, and by the way, Someone you've known for a long time, and the relationship is stuck. Remember we talked about this very first, first message of this series, that the plant, the rose was not the plant the way it was. The rose was not the plant in its condition. The rose was the, the relationship I would have with the plant from, the, the, from when it was a, a, a shoot, not even a blood, just a shoot with some red leaves. And then, matter of fact, here's the process the rose goes through. It's a, it's a shoot or a stem with red leaves and then a bud grows and the leaves start to turn green. Then the bud starts to open up. You can see the color of the flower inside. Then the bud opens a little bit more and then boom. That is the process. And so I started to have this relationship with the rose. That is smelling the rose. And so I want you to think about somebody in your life. You say, man, that relationship is okay. It could be someone in your family, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your neighbor, someone at your job, whatever. I want you to think about somebody and say, God, I want to see that relationship bud. Because this is going to be the most telltale, hardest, deepest penetrating process rose of this whole series is the other people. Oh, I'm going to love God because God's good. He's perfect. I love myself because I'm good. But what about that person? It's going to take more humility, more surrender. Okay, let's read. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to read verse 14. We're going to read the same thing we read. By the way, before we get to that, excuse me, before we get to that, before we get to that, let's read Hebrews 10.24. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider, think about, contemplate one another to stir each other up into the love of good works. In other words, for you to do this right, you got to think. You can't be like, oh, I don't feel it. No, 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 no. You got to think. Yeah, I think I need to be a little more patient with that person. I need to be a little more um, uh, complimentary with that person. I think I'd be a little more grateful with that person. Exactly. Exactly. Let the Spirit speak to you about how to treat every single person in your life and develop all these roses. These are, develop all the, this is smelling the roses. Developing the potential in all the loving relationships you have. This is walking with God. And by the way, this is what God said you need to be a disciple of 
Not a disciple of information. Now, information is cool. And, and by the way, everything I'm telling you is information. But the information informs your way of loving better, being become more like Jesus. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 24, 25. Everything I said last week, if you weren't here, I'm going to give you a preview. We're going to read a story about a guy who gives three of his employees money to invest. Two invest the money and double it. And he gives them more and they enter into the joy of the Lord. One doesn't invest and they bury it in the ground and he takes it from him and he's in torment and he does it because he's scared. Okay, you are the people who have been given the money. I talked about that last week. But what's also true is that the people in your life, God has blessed them. If you love yourself by investing in your talents and entering into the joy of the Lord, guess how you can help somebody else, love somebody else? Help them do the same thing. It's not rocket science. Look what it says. The kingdom of heaven, verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants to deliver his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. Immediately he went on a journey. There are some people in your life that God has given them more talents than you and you're jealous. So you can't love them because you think they got more talents than you. Oh, that ain't your business. God gave it to them. God decided that. Let it go. He who received the five talents went and traded and got another five. Likewise, he who received two went and got two more also. He who received one talent, dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, those servants came and settled accounts with their boss. So he who received the five talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me five. I gained five more. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over Menti and enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, what do you say? Great job. And this is the best thing you can do for yourself. I'm reviewing from last week. The best thing you can do for yourself is take the abilities, talents, opportunities that God gave you and invest in them and get the return, the growth, the benefit that God designed for it. And then he's going to say, I trusted you and it was worth it. Here's more opportunity. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You can't get any better than that. Well, if that works for you, it also works for the people in your life. Not rocket science. Look what it says. He also had received two talents. Verse 22. Came and said, Lord, you delivered me two. I, I gained two more. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. Gathering where you had not scattered seed. I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there is what is yours. The Lord said, you wicked and lazy servant, I knew you to reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I will receive back my own with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten. For to everyone who has faith and obedience, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Facts about your neighbor. Facts about your neighbor. In other words, the person that you're trying to uh, love your neighbor as yourself, that person over there that God's trying to get you to develop a loving relationship with, number one, your neighbor is loved by God. Your neighbor is never not loved by God. Your neighbor is never loved by God less than you or more than you. Your neighbor is loved by God, period. 
Just like you have no right to say you are not lovable when God has deemed you lovable, you have no right to say that person is not lovable because God deemed them lovable. He died for them to give them the freedom to walk in their truth and not in the bondage of lies. He died on the cross for them to give them the freedom and opportunity to be free to walk in their truth. That's their truth. That's a fact. Look what it says in Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts towards my neighbor, O God. How great is the sum of your thoughts towards my neighbor. If, you, if I were to try to count the great, precious, valuable, awesome thoughts towards my neighbor that you have, they will be more than the sand of the sea. How do you love your neighbor? Think the same thoughts towards your neighbor that God does. Why? Love is being like God. God loves your neighbor. God is thinking thoughts towards your neighbor. You are a disciple of that love. So I need to think toward those thoughts towards your, towards your neighbor that God does. If you can't do that, that's your issue. That's the point. That's why we're talking. Because we think we have to justify and they have to earn it and they're going to pay it. I'm not going to be nice to them unless they're nice to me. That's the world. That's not the Bible. Loving your neighbor is saying, Lord, I want to see them as you see them. I want to think about them as you think about them. I surrender my pride. I surrender my ego. I surrender my issue. I surrender my insecurity. I surrender my jealousy, my envy that they got five talents. I got one. They, they doubled and tripled and quadrupled their talents. And I'm still digging mine out of the ground and got one. And that's on me. That's on me. And guess what? That jealousy and envy is going to be played out in their relationship. They're going to feel it. They're going to sense it. It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And all you got to do is, one of the ways you can look at it is ask yourself what you're thinking. Ask yourself what you're saying behind their back. Because if you're talking behind their back, it's really about something in you than them. And watch how they're treating you. Number two. Number two. God has blessed them with talents, spiritual and natural. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And then he went on a journey. Do you know that God gave that person talents? One of the ways you can love them is to learn about those talents. Encourage those talents. Invest in those talents. I know that, you know, I was out like seven weeks with COVID, six, seven Sundays. And Pastor Travis campus pastor at this campus and all the campus pastors had to preach more and uh, anything I can give them to help them with any part of their communication is investing in their talents and it enables and empowers them to walk into the joy of the Lord as they obey what God has called them to do. But check this out. I also can walk into the Lord, joy of the Lord because the, the act of investing in them is part of what God has given me to do. It's a win-win. Imagine if the people in your life or the people in your life, do you, do you know what they've been called to do? Do you know their talents? Do you know their weaknesses? Do you know their fears? Do you know, do you know their, their gifts? Do you know their place in the kingdom? If you don't know those things, how are you loving them according to God's design? Remember, loving them is being like God. So you're treating them like God. Well, God knows the plans he's given them and he's rooting for them only in that. So if you're rooting for them over here, you may not be loving them. If you're saying, hey, look, you, know, you, don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go try to start a business when God has told them to start a business. You don't need to date that person when God's told them to date that person. 
No, God, how do, you, how do you want me to invest in them? How have you designed them? And that's why when I, I talk to people who are saying, what, do, what, what does God want me to do? I always ask them, what are your gifts and talents? What are your passions? Who do you like to help? Let's go where God, let's try to figure out how God designs you. Start there instead of me having some lame brain idea. Let's go with God's design. That is truly setting someone free to live the truth, which is love. Take the spiritual gifts test at our website. Go to sdrock.com and type in spiritual gifts test and you can find out about you. And when you find out about you, you will be liberated. And you'll stop chasing these dead-end jobs that are not consistent with how God made you. And you'll find freedom to actually be who God designed you to be. You are a diamond. A diamond, you know, when you look at diamonds on a ring, they have bling and they have sparkle. A diamond has no sparkle without the light. The light is God. But if you take that diamond, you don't know it's a diamond, and you put it in your pocket trying to make it glow. No, you have to use the diamond for what it's worth and put it in light so it can reflect the light. When you walk in God's purpose and express the gifts God has given you, the, 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 the glory of God will be reflected off your life because that's how he designed you to glow. Number three, investing in your neighbors brings them joy and more talents and more opportunity. Matthew 20, 25, 23, the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few. I will make you ruler of many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then number four, your neighbor buries their talents often because of fear and bondage. There are people in your life. All, I, I would imagine every person has something that they're burying, not pursuing, hesitating on because of fear of failure, rejection, or bondage to a lie. They're not good enough. They're not smart enough. They're not educated enough. They can't compare to the other person. They don't have as many talents as the other person, so why even try? Those lies are holding people back. How do you love them? Help them dig that talent out of the ground. Help them get over their fear. Help them realize their fear is unfounded. Help them understand the, the, the obstacles they've overcome in the past. Help push them forward on what God has called them to do. I, I got my teeth cleaned last week. And my hygienist, I literally, every, I don't, the dentist is, I have bad experiences from kids, so I have a, I'm paranoid. I always think I'm going to get an electric shock nerve in my mouth. So I'm, I'm always tense. So I have, bad, I have, I have a, a fear of, of being in a dentist chair. But my hygienist is so good that I fall asleep. Hear me when I tell you. I, I, how do you fall asleep with your mouth open? I have no idea. But I fall asleep when she is cleaning my teeth. Every time. I mean, when I, it's not like I'm snoring, but I'll, I'll be like dozing off because it is so, so, she is, I, I hardly feel it. And I know y'all thinking, what's her number? I ain't giving you her number because you're going to make it busy and I ain't going to be able to get in. However, I also find myself, especially certain times when I'm awake, getting more and more and more tense. And then I have to tell myself, relax, this is not going to be painful. There's no drills. Usually, sometimes she's got to get the jackhammer out and get some stuff out of my mouth. But there's usually no drills. And, but I find myself getting tenser and tenser that I have to tell myself. And it's just a gradual, gradual tensing up of fear. 
I don't even realize it. And then I have to stop. There are people like that, walking around with fear. And then they don't realize it. You may be the person to help reflect someone's fear. You may be the person to help someone understand the bondage, the lies, the lies that they're in bondage to. That's how you love people. You don't, you don't want to control people. You want to set them free to understand who God made them. Give them the courage to follow God's plan in their life. Because that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to get them to go over there. He's trying to get them to go over there. You love them by helping them do that. And watch this. They will appreciate you. And then the love's going to come back. You're not doing it for that reason. But that's what happens. There are a lot of people in your life that see you as no benefit to them. They see you have no benefit. They have, they have, they have, they have, there's no, no reason to be nice to you. There's no reason because you haven't given them anything that benefits them. You've, you've been around them and you've gotten stuff from them, but you haven't given anything, especially given something that is eternally beneficial to them. But imagine if you say, God, help me understand what you call this person to do. Help me understand how I can invest in your plan for their life. Help me understand how to get them to take those talents you've given them and out of the ground so they can multiply them, so they can get more talents and, and enter into the joy of the Lord. How do I do that? That's loving people. That's being lovable. And that's going to require you to think about them. It's going to require you to put their needs over your needs in that moment. It's going to require you to esteem them better than you in the moment. Listen, God, God died for you. He thinks about you all day. His thoughts towards you are precious more than the sand of the sea. He is constantly, 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 constantly. His love is proactively pursuing you. And he wants to do that through you to them. Number five. Your neighbor experiences torment and loss of opportunity when they bury their talents. There are a lot of people who are unhappy. And they're not necessarily unhappy because they don't have money. They're not necessarily unhappy because their family's messed up. They're unhappy. Those things make you unhappy. Don't get me wrong. But they're unhappy because they're not in the will of God. When you're in the will of God and those things happen, they will. You have a foundation to stand on. There are sad days for people who follow God. Absolutely. Days you cry. Days you feel lost, alone, crushed. But there's a foundation of God's consistent love that keeps you going. In a minute, I'm going to pray. And I hope this series has been a blessing to you. I hope that you, God has shown you the potential of the love you can have between him and you. The potential you can have with your love you can have for yourself. And the potential loving relationship you can have with other people. And that you have stuff to think about of what you would do to develop those roses, to smell those roses. But it all starts with you saying, Lord, I, I'm surrendering all my torment to you, all my grieving for the loss in my life because I was fearful or I was afraid or I was believing lies. I surrender all that to you. And I want you to show me the potential and show me what I have to do to nurture that potential. And that potential relationship that I can have with somebody is the carrot drawing me to surrender myself to the process. And not to think about myself, but to think about the benefit of the loving relationship I can have. Motivate me from my heart. I know it's, it's, a, it's a disposition of my heart towards somebody else to say, I want to have a loving relationship. 
I want to be somebody that people would hide if they were coming looking for me. Because I love them like God loved them. The first thing is I got to surrender myself to God. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, my prayer is that you would have stirred our hearts and opened our eyes to how powerful love can be if we surrender to it and how rewarding it can be, especially loving other people. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open the eyes of our heart to see where we have failed the people in our lives, to understand who they are, take time to listen, to encourage, to bless. But it all starts with our relationship with you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would draw us all close to you. And everybody listening, I pray you would ask that you would repeat this with me. A simple prayer of surrender. But it's also for all the people who are saved as well. A simple prayer that God would give you a brand new heart towards him, towards yourself, and towards other people. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear God, please take out my heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, one that loves you. Loves myself and loves other people in a way that honors you. I delight myself in you. Please give me the desires of my heart, desires that match your desires. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer. Um, even though you may not have been saved for the first time, hit the save button because we want to help you in your journey of growing in your love for God. One of those ways we love God is through our worship. And one of those forms of worship is giving. And let me put it out there. People always say, oh, the church wants our money. Church wants our money. Um, the way we do all this, we got to pay the bills. But it's also... A act, an act of worship by you, an act of worship that God honors. And I think I said this last week, and I'll say it again. If you want to give, text the word give to 52525. But I want you to give what you feel the Lord telling you to give. A tithe is 10%. That's just start a kit of giving. But what happens, the Bible says that the tithe belongs to God. It's not even ours. He's given it to us. And saying, let's see if you're going to give it back. Because I want to train my children, he's saying that to us, to have our hands open. And so, but I want you to give and watch what God does in your heart. And watch what God does in opportunities. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 29, for everyone who has faith to be obedient in all areas of life, more will be given of whatever area they're giving and whatever area they're being obedient in. And he will have an abundance God will give you an abundant opportunity to give and the resources to give in those opportunities. He doesn't want us to be a hoarder. He wants us to be a giver, just like he gave his son. He gave a life, not money. He gave a life. And so I want to pray for you that uh, God would direct you. Remember, love is obedient to God, whatever God's telling you. But then pay attention to what God does because he is so faithful.
Lord, I pray you bless the offering. I pray you multiply it, but I'll more so multiply the blessings to the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. And let's be better lovers of God, ourselves, and people.